Sentire Media. afternoon whenever you might be listening to us my name is jason i'm joined by my beautiful wife ashley and together we own operate live at and are currently sitting outside in the beautiful clean air at la, Ta- la tavola marque at agriturismo and cooking school here in beautiful piobico italia in the heart of central italy can you be in the heart of something that's in the center the center of the heart the center yeah. of the heart with a no um what are the lonzino <laughs> very good today is 27 may it's a beautiful beautiful late spring day uh it's going it's currently it's currently 14 degrees going up a high of 26 that's right that's right there Ooh. sun lovers get out your sunscreen it's going to be a beautiful day here in italy is that my good weatherman voice yeah that was good ciao everyone i'm ashley and um yeah let's get this podcast rolling it, we have been pretty inconsistently consistently inconsistent again um maybe about a month ago we recorded a previous episode the we the uh the season has started and we have a lot of work to do and podcasting is unfortunately does not fit into the mix i know and we had such high hopes of even still doing uh, a live cooking class like that's yeah, gonna right. happen <laughs> Yeah, oh my right. god so what's been going on like you said weather report coming in good and clean good and gorgeous <laughs> uh every day is looking pretty nice it's feeling like summer well spring has definitely prog- uh, marched on um lots of things going on the, the gar- our garden is basically totally in uh the tomatoes are down the peppers are down uh just a few more things need to go in but it's looking like a garden it's um we're starting to harvest fava beans, lettuces, and there was something else we ate the other day. Cherries. Cherries. That's right. My goodness. Oh, my God. If anyone knows any good cherry recipes or ways to conserve them, our little tiny cherry tree is prolific uh, on how many cherries it will produce. Last night, as Jason's making dinner, I picked, I don't know, two, two, kilo, two, two kilos three, in... Kilo half an hour it's not that long i'm that sure it, between people eating them and making a little jam and using them on a crostata it'll be gone true you're, you're making it sound like we have a dump truck no but we haven't started the other tree yet the other tree hasn't even begun but we did talk to maki our friends from the gelateria and fano and they said they're not getting any cherries in their neck of the woods so they want to come out here and uh get some of our cherries so maybe when the other tree starts really producing we'll have them come out uh we, we had a chance to run out to the coast this weekend uh, on sunday because uh well we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah the uh maki is open for gelato we sampled more than we should have yes and on a side note this is off topic but um allergies are out of control oh God, so if jason sounds really weird <laughs> if, I, if i suck up suck it up into the microphone i apologize it's disgusting yet it's part of this is oh our God. life in may out here jason gets really uh, I, I, I take nasal. an antihistamine every day but you can just see the pollen and stuff just floating through the, the uh, air it's and, terrible and the one that you take is good but it is exactly 12 hours at 6 30 at night you'll take one at like 6 30 in the morning 7 in the morning and it's 6 37 at night it's like boom it yeah you can you see it coming over me my eyes get all tight and red and watery and my um it's actually really dried out the inside of my nose really bad it's it's like really it's almost hurty a lot of crusty bugs a lot of crusty bugs but uh 
And this will be gone once summer comes and everything kind of does its thing and blooms, then I'm done. So it's really not that bad. It's like a, a month and a half. Well, and speaking of blooming, you've gotten really into this winter um, off season into the microorganisms for the t- for the land and making sure to replace what has been stripped so jason has been great going around he's got like a ph thing actually that he broke uh which is a well, funny let's too. actually let's actually but, say so i've gotten what i've realized is that gaji and i don't know what we're really doing we throw cow poop on the garden till it in then just start planting plants water them and then hopefully stuff comes out but i have no idea and you do rotate but you guys yeah, don't have do. – there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to your garden. No, I'm not – I'm not um, I'm not listening to what the plants are doing or telling me. I'm, I don't understand what they need or, um, or what they need or what they're not getting. So this year I've really tried to um, examine the plants and look at what they're telling me. Just like I tell people, listen to your dough when you're making pasta or listen to the, the dough when you're making pizza. It will tell you if it needs more flour or if it's too dry. I'm trying this year to listen to the plants. And what does that mean? Well, every morning when I go down, instead of just seeing, instead of just saying, okay, they're alive, I'm going to try to. <laughs> that's all you were doing. That's all I was doing before. Okay. If you're flopped over and you're dead and you look dead, that's one thing. If you, if even if you look beat up, but you're alive, we're good to go and let's water it. So this year I'm trying to look at the plants. For instance, when we put our tomatoes down, they started developing a purpley, uh, they almost look like their vein. You could see their veins through the leaves, and they developed purplish violet on the outside of their leaves. And that's a um, potassium. Defi- uh, let's see, nitrogen, potassium. Yeah, that's a potassium deficiency. Now, why are they deficient in potassium? If we just put them down, and there should be plenty of organic material in the soil. Well, the plants cannot take up the potassium when they're below a certain temperature. So it was not a problem of potassium deficiency. It was a problem that the tomato plants could not take up the de- potassium, so they're blocked. And that's why they get that, like, spider veiny look to them. So uh, otherwise, other things, like, sometimes I'd be overwatering. So I thought you have to water every day for new plants. No, 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 no. You have to keep it moist, but if you overwater, then you don't promote the roots from growing down. They stay superficially because they don't have to. They don't have to check. They don't have to find the water. So, this year I'm trying to stick a finger in the ground instead of just looking at the ground superficially to see if I need to rewater. Um, just looking, uh, I added things like um, dried bone meal, dried blood meal, kelp, dried kelp. Um, Try sourcing all this stuff, by the way. I don't. I think we might have gotten into this a little bit uh, on the podcast, but this was a huge production of ordering from all over Amazon and the UK. And- so I want to try to. In- uh, I want to try to in- introduce micronutrients that the um, that the uh, latame, the manure, will not have. Manure is great, but it's not complete. And other- rather than using a granulated like bagged fertilizer what i'm trying to do is put these micronutrients in naturally because it also makes the plants more resistant to disease and bugs if you give them these natural micronutrients rather than just giving them pellet fertilizer yeah. that you're really your soil's just a petri dish instead of trying to build uh build a complete uh uh soil so but it's interesting. Jason's going around and checking the pH on everything. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't realize how important pH was. So the normal pH should be 6 for Between a pot. 6.2 and 6.8 for the garden. For the garden. And that's the same for a potted plant? 
Uh, no, some potted plants are different. So, for instance, your um, – or, t- or or tensa. What's that in English? Hydrangea. Hydrangeas. They like an acidic soil. So it's a little bit different. So or does that t- make it more or less? <laughs> I don't I know. I think they like it in the fives. Okay. So the plants like between 6.2 and 6.8. The pool needs to be between 7.2 and 7.8. Oh, interesting. You were saying the other day how you were like, everything's about pH. <laughs> so it's really interesting. I bought a pH meter. It's this little, oh, which I broke. On he the first immediately day. broke on the first day. So <laughs> I got what looks like, it's a pH meter. It's this uh, glass probe with a very thin wire running through with a, and then that probe attaches to this little meter. Uh, digital meter and um, I was really excited I felt like really cool because it came in the mail I felt like science class was about to begin and you have to you have these two solutions ones at pH 7 and ones at pH 4 and you calibrate your machine and then I went around that first day oh my God, sticking my probe and everything oh my god you did it was hysterical you'd be like do you know what this pH is oh my god or looking good looking good like you had any idea what you were talking about <laughs> So, and then you broke it that afternoon. Well, let me tell the story. So I went around, <laughs> pH'd everything. pH'd the pool, pH'd every potted plant, pH'd my garden. I know the pH of everything. pH'd the water coming into the house. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then I clean my pH, clean it all up, put it back into the box. I'm carrying the box out to our place to put it away. And I pick up the box upside down. And as soon as I pick it out, everything falls out of the top. Hits the ground, my very delicate delicate pH uh, probe that is made of glass shatters, and now I get to buy a new one. The funny part was Jason said this might be why there was so much information in the um, in the pack in the box about where to buy replacement pieces. Yeah, so <laughs> I re- one of the first things you said. It was I, like I really try to read the directions whenever I get. Oh my god, you normally don't. I, that's not true at all. Okay, well, putting things together, you don't read the directions. That is not true at all. One thing that Craig <laughs> taught me is R T F B. Read the uh, book. Oh, effing book. Read the effing book. So I read the book, and when you get to the end of the book, there's like. A lot of a lot of information on part codes and all this <laughs> stuff for replacement probes and it's like wow huh what's all this I wonder why there's all this stuff for the probes to buy new probes it's it should last right well you breathe on it well I I didn't <laughs> you drop I, it out of a box you drop it on the ground and the glass probe breaks so there you go but yeah. it is interesting some guests were just mentioning too how their skin felt so much better after being here and so it must be. Uh... The has mineral with water. The pH with the water. Oh, you were talking about pH has to do with your skin and everything too. The- yeah, everything has a pH, but they like our water because it doesn't have chlorine in it and it doesn't have um, fluoride in it. Oh, which is what most municipal waters have. It's good water. Um, what else? Um, let's see. Uh, springtimey things. Uh, the birds. Oh, you talk about your birds because you're such a psycho with the birds. Okay, National Geographic update. <laughs> Um, on our blog, I put, oh my gosh, I'm about to sneeze too. Um, on our blog, we, we put an update of some of the photos from, uh, sorry about that. The, um, uh, little baby birds were born, uh, that were in the windowsill of the tiny six blue eggs. And we watched them grow up and it was so cute. And the little mom would come in and feed them. And it was just so cool to literally have a bird's eye view of this little nest right there. And the guests who would stay in that room were so sweet and they'd leave the nest alone and close the, um, 
the curtain so they'd have their space and they flew away and we made sure that there was no little dead babies underneath the window the next morning that uh no one took a dive bomb then as we were picking cherries from the tree we found another nest in that tree with two little birds in it and those little birds were tough they were more out in the elements so the little birdie made the nest on the one of the smaller branches on the towards the end of the branch of the cherry tree which is very dangerous because the cats would just sit they, the cats would try their best to walk out to this branch so they could eat the baby birds oh my gosh i kept one afternoon i kept trying to get the cats out, out of the tree they're, they're our cats are ruthless they're smart oh God, too they're totally they would start bouncing on the branch <laughs> hoping to bounce a baby bird out of the nest um then so then gaji comes by the other day and we're like gaji look first of all we try to give him a cherry and he's like oh what are you doing these cherries aren't ripe yet i go just try one and he's like oh they're good and we were like you sob how are they not ripe you see them they're oh, red yeah, as can be just like, say no 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 and it was like yes just try one so he comes over and i said look at the um look at the little nido the nest and sure enough as we were getting closer he sees the little bird okay gaji likes to think of himself as a cold-blooded ruthless killer he a hunter. He was out there to like, oh, yes, I'd shoot these little birds, this and that, and, and kind of talking trash and all of this and saying how they just get to be tiny. They're still very small birds, but they flew past him when he had a gun. He'd shoot one. Then <laughs> Jason's on the other side of the tree picking some cherries as we're talking, and Gachi's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You're shaking the tree too much. You're going to disrupt the, the nest. If you disrupt the nest, the mother might not come back. The babies could starve. You don't want the babies to fall out of the tree. If they fall out of the tree, they're doomed to die. And it was just so funny because he goes from saying how one of these birds passes his trail and, you know, the death be on it, upon it, yet... <laughs> Uh, while it's still in the nest like this, don't anyone come near the tree? And he was so protective. It was just classic Gaji. Yes, classic Gaji. The dichotomy <laughs> of Gaji. Um, also, we had a, a um, barn swallow smack itself into the window oh, the other day. Yes. And we w- were walking by just doing errands and w- or doing projects and we see this bar- bird on the ground and normally yeah there's a bird on the ground but when you walk up to it it'll fly away yeah well i walk up to it and just sits there so i kind of nudge it gently like get out of here and she doesn't move so the cats are circling so i pick her up and i think she just smacked herself into the window and then kind of was dazed and there's pictures of it on facebook she was sitting on my finger for a good five minutes or so it was cool and then she kind of got her wits back yeah she kind of you know, shook her head and, and well, you kind of tried to like, uh, not toss her in the air, but like go. I just kind of gave her a little shove. Little, uh-huh. on the ground and she didn't go nowhere. She no. just kind of flopped <laughs> over. But she wasn't dead because she was looking around. But you could tell she was just didn't know what was going on. So we just kind of chilled. Ashley got a bunch of pictures. Uh, she sat on my finger for five minutes. I gave her pets. And then she flew away. It was really kind of cool. When it else is. do you get to hold a bird like that? I know. And to see the little birds in the windowsill and then the nest on the cherry tree. And that one you could just see right up again. Like the little the little tiny chicks. And when they'd come out of the nest to stand on top and stretch their wings and stuff. It's just this year has been really cool with the birds. And again, we saw the huge crane yesterday flying through the valley. So I don't know. Maybe we are turning into bird people. 
Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, other things for oh, spring. Oh, and speaking of the birds, um, a big talk in the valley. Experiential brought it up yesterday, too, and I went to get hay um, about Basilio's hens being eaten oh, by the so fox. <laughs> our neighbor um, came to, woke up the other day to a fox uh, got into his hen house and killed, I guess, 10. Something like ten, that. 10 hens. But the fox then couldn't get out of the hen house and was... In there. in there at the end that was, uh, that when was... they came so um it was just a little warning to everyone to make sure you put your hens away and there's foxes in in jiro and blah 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 blah. so but my thought was if this fox can get into the hen house that's secure his hen house looked pretty secure uh if they if the fox gets in it yeah. can go under there's nothing you can there's do there's nothing you can do so yeah. it's just making sure that the hen house is nice and secure for where they go at night but otherwise I was thinking about it. Wouldn't it be better to have them be out and they won't know they'd only kill one or two versus all of them stuck inside? Uh, that's terrible logic. No, they will definitely be eaten. Um, other things that are coming with um, spring: the fried elderflowers or sambuco. So, and the fried um, we do. Uh, there's a f- tree called the sambuco or elder elderflower elder tree. And they produce really pretty flowers. They're everywhere around our valley. And there's some things you can do with this flower. One is you can make a uh, aperitivo out of it by soaking it in what? Well, it almost comes out. Like a syrup? You make a syrup. You make a, a, a syrup. So simple syrup and you soak these flowers in it. And then uh-huh. you strain it out. And it's very aromatic. And it's- then you mix it with um, sparkling water. Yeah, and it turns into very much like a lemonade. Yeah, like, very nice, very nice, nice, a bit more refined. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a white, just a, a classic white with a note of citrus. If you exactly, have like exactly. Um, so that's and then for like a Sunday afternoon or when it's hot, you mix it with ice cold sparkling water, this elderflower syrup, and it's delicious. Or you can fry them. You make a very very thin batter with just beer. And flour. The trick is everything must be cold. The bowl you're mixing it in, the flour, the beer, the whisk, everything. And then you uh, make a very thin, almost um, tempura batter, and you fry these flours. And literally just the beer and flour. Just the beer and flour. And when you fry the flours, it doesn't have – it tastes fresh, and it tastes very um, aromatic. There's not a lot to it. It's not something you mow down on like – like, no, it's something you have either with a glass of Prosecco or a nice beer like we did with the beer from Colasi, our local beer. Really nice and light. And um, and because there is that floral and kind of citrus flavor to these flowers, it's really pleasant. And, yeah, you're not going to go and eat a whole pla- plate or platter. One or two bites. But yeah. it's something really interesting. And the batter is so light that it – and if you do it correctly, if you fry it correctly, it's not greasy at all. So, no. Um, and then you can also serve the uh, fried zucchini or fried um, – squash blossoms with it as well and we made a quick video for instagram and i'm gonna put um it up on youtube also with the recipe um check out our youtube page by the way guys i'm adding a bunch of our instagram videos up there to a different um playlist i think called taste of italy so it'll be all videos under really 18 seconds about 20 seconds or shorter some a minute and under but uh keep an eye out there for more of those videos and speaking of the videos, actually, another thing up there that you'll find shortly is the Aperte Cantine. We went on Sunday, this weekend in Italy. Um, Last weekend. The, yeah, the 24th and 25th of May is a national um, 
gosh, it's a national not open, holiday, open. <laughs> but yeah, open house for cantinas across Italy. Why, so, so wineries. Yeah. So a lot of, and why that's really important in an area like La Marque is a lot of these wineries are not open to the public in general. So to have a day that uh, not only are they open and that you can go in, but that you can find the information on how to get to these places. There's maps, there's addresses, there's uh, music and things going on. It makes for a great day or a great weekend to kind of explore these different um, wineries, winemakers, get a great taste of the different wines throughout Italy. And um, we hit up a few of our favorites and went to Terra Cruda, who we get um, the wine for our cooking classes. And we also serve some of their Reserva, their uh, Superiore, uh, as well. And it was nice. It was fun to go and see the owners and have a glass of wine with them, see what they are up to. He was uh, very nice. They're they're so nice at Terra Cruda. And I always give them a shout out because they're the only winery for us that will deliver. So I'm always extra happy to work with them because they're the only ones who drop it off at our door. But he was saying, of course, that... uh, you know, you get the pass, so it's 10 bucks per person, and you get um, a glass and a little pass, and you can go to any of the wineries and then for free after that. So all of the free drinking was where everyone was hanging out. Then all of a bunch of the wineries would offer like a you know, more advanced tasting of their nicer wines and aperitivo. Like a there was a 20, 15, 20 people. Yeah, and, and like the nice little spread of um, you know some. They had a nice little pork. They had a nice little spread for the uh, little ap- antipasti of porchetta and some truffle crostinis. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like Jason said, barely anyone up there. So that's kind of what you figure, but. The weekend with the weather was gorgeous, so it made for such a nice day to drive around um, the hills. And so we took a bunch of video of that, too, so I'll post up of that shortly. Um, also, uh, this last week was the European uh, elections. Oh, yeah. So it's we're not going to talk about politics. No. We, it doesn't, <laughs> no. we don't even know. Um, but here's some interesting things that we noticed. There's a lot of talk around election time. Everyone puts out each candidate's party, like so. Each candidate for like Piobico, for example, um, there's the D, uh, Democratic Party, and there they put out like this almost like baseball card photos oh, where everyone's yeah. looking into the camera with arms crossed and looking down. Like, how would you describe their photos? I describe it as a photo shoot. Definitely a photo <laughs> shoot. So they all take one together, and there's usually like ten people, like like the team. Like the here's team. our team. Here's our Democrat, the Democratic Party team, and you vote for the team. You don't vote for the individual people. Is that true? I believe so. So when you vote like for Piobico, if you vote for PD, you, oh, vote, you vote for, for the whole all side. the people in the PD, not oh. just this guy and this guy and that guy. So Jason might not know what he's talking about. Yeah, I could be totally full <laughs> shit, but I ha- but this is what I think. So, on their poster is each person has their individual picture. And it's like a baseball card because some people are staring straight into the camera. Other people are at, looking, side, turn. side turn, looking down at you with the arms uh, yep. folded. Oh, I'm folded Other side turn. Other people are looking straight ahead but hands on the hips with a very serious looking face. Like we're gonna, they mean business. We're going we're gonna to do it. <laughs> and we're going to get this done. We mean business. We mean business. And then they have the whole team photo where they're usually in a semicircle with some people like – Bit like lower, you know, like a 
like a softball team totally photo. and with like the pitcher or with like the quarterback being the mayor yeah, he's the, ma- he's the main one so <laughs> some people do it in an open field and it almost looks like a um, 90s band photo shoot oh, because yeah. then if they do it in the open field some are looking off in the distance at nothing others are looking straight in the camera one guy's looking down at his shoes so it's like this very artistic like some people are in thought others are ready to work so it's hysterical to see all these photos all around uh, all around the little towns. And also, my favorite thing I was going to say, that's not even the best no, part. No, the best part is uh, leading up to the day, <laughs> like the, the week of the vote, uh, voting, they will have these, like in the old school old movies days. from the 40s. Totally. They will have these beat up cars with loudspeakers on them that are like the loudspeaker on the pole on top of the car. And they'll be riding around and be like, vote for Moki. Moki is the one for 2014 <laughs> mayor of Piolico. Let's vote. Get out and vote. You just think, is this for real? The past seven years, we have still, we've seen it every time. Every time. It is hysterical. And of course, they're saying it in Italian, not in and, they, and you think, who is really doing this? And then you realize, no, there is a huge population of oldies, of anciani, of elderlies out here. And they're not on Facebook. They're not doing anything. So they're waiting for their loudspeaker announcement. Oh, to come my God. Through. I'd start throwing things at them. Shut up because it's so perfectly peaceful and oh, quiet. It is. And it's then so you, peaceful. This, it's this propaganda car. That it's the propaganda <laughs> car. It's totally. It's like this old Fiat 500 from like the 70s. And it's got this big two by, four by four coming out of the the top of it with four loudspeakers you know pointing in every direction and some i don't know if it's a tape or some idiot in there and it's just the same thing the same 20 second thing on repeat and each party will do this so if you have four or five parties you have four or five of these things running through town turned up to a see i turned it all the way up to 11 it's awesome so um (laughs) the elections are over i think renzi won i'm i don't know what that means for italy or means for us and it doesn't matter. You guys don't. Moki won in Piobico for those following. Oh, yeah. For you guys, for you guys uh, following the Piobico elections, Moki's won again. So. You know what else they do is they'll take over a little shop and they make headquarters in town. That's a lot of – they do that in the States too. Yeah. It's just – you're. It just it's you for just these tiny – You yeah. see it now. That's the thing because it's like for the tiny – for how small the town is, it's funny when three shops get taken over. Ashley's just mad because she went to mail a DHL package and there was one DH place to send <laughs> – DHL is like the courier, like UPS or FedEx. Let's call it FedEx so everyone knows. There's one FedEx office in all of our area and it was in Urbania. And we went the to go day mail. I go. We seven went to go, years it's been there. It's forever. It's been there. The day we go to mail a package, Ashley shows up and she's package in hand. And we go to open the door and it's the um, p- p- uh, Democratic Party's headquarters. And that that very much made Ashley upset. I was against the, Repub- the Democratic Party because of it. <laughs> Um, so that's that. Um, other- everyone, in, in fact, I'm so glad that we're not into the politics because everyone's been asking me, oh, did you vote? What comune are you in? And we're, thank God we're not even in, we're in the comune of Sant'Angelo. We've talked about this yet. We do a lot more things in Piobico and Urbania and it's. I'm just glad we don't. Choosing a political side is the easiest way to polarize ourselves um, one way or the other. And I don't really care because to be, to be honest, all these politicians are total assholes. They don't do anything. They just steal money from the state and... What, what, what? what, what, what? 
They're all morons. So listen, until Italians get it together and figure out that this system is broken and there's no future, there's the future for the young Italians is not very good. Then I'll get involved. But you're just you're just recycling the same garbage. For sure, Italy's a beautiful place to live, as long as you don't have to get too tied up in the bureaucracy or politics of it. If you can enjoy a simple life, it's a wonderful. Quality. If you're going to retire, oh man, retiring to Italy is awesome. Quality of life, the clean food, the clean air, the clean living, trying to open a business or run a business or do any kind of work with the state is, is, is almost, almost impossible. Or comical. Comical, (laughs) yes. What do they call it? The, uh, brutezza and the dolcezza? Like, Like, the ugly and and the beautiful or the ugly and the sweet. Uh, coming up on? this next weekend, they finally, finally, Slow Food Italy or our convivium—is that what they call it? Convivium yeah. in Cali finally got their act back together, and they're doing distincti salumi. Would well, so, you want to talk about this for a second? Okay, so the Slow Food, while started in Italy, they don't have their act together really in any of the chapters of that, that we've heard from other people. Well, and we've also heard from uh, that it's very political. So uh, even though we're members of Slow Food, and we became members of Slow Food Italy as soon as we moved. We realized, yes, to have our place be certified as a slow food location, what kind of nightmare that actually was. So and we never did no. it. Um, so they they had this um, festival every end of May, beginning of uh-huh. June, called Distincti Salumi. And it was just to celebrate salami and have a bunch of producers from the area uh, come. And just kind of a festival, music, food, gastronomic stands, a little bit of culture of the area and the, well, the contadini what was absolutely great for us was it what highlighted the um like jason said the cured meats of our area here but it was also the one opportunity to have these um small purveyors small artisans bring meats um cured meats and products like that from other parts of italy so they'd have like a the highlight would be for the market but then you'd have these other spots so you could get something that would be from lombardy that we would never, never get see, or per, or uh, or um down in, you know, up in Aldo Aldice or from the Dolomites or just, you know, each each region had does a little different. does it different and had a little thing. Well, th- from what we hear, the shopkeepers or the restaurants complained to the to the comune saying that since there was these gastronomic stands, it took business away from them. So stupid. Which is so stupid because you're taking a town like Cali, which has, I don't know, 5,000, 8,000. Let's say, t- let's go crazy. Cali has 8,000 people. Let's go nuts. And you're bringing three times that amount of people there for one weekend. Now, yes, some people will eat at the gastronomic stands, but hey, morons, some people will also come to your place or they will walk through and say, wow, that restaurant or that shop looks cool. Why don't maybe next time we come to Cali, we'll come to it. Well, they don't see it that way. They, they're very short-sighted. They see it as, well, now that person's eating at the gastronomic stand and not, not at my restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay, buddy. Well, why don't you take your restaurant and for a couple hundred euros, you can rent one of the gastronomic stands and say, hey, I mean, listen, there's a thousand things you can do. Either way, it's going to bring 30,000 people to Cali in one weekend. Well, of course, they got rid of it, and now they're finally bringing it back. They were they have stopped it for like two years, I think. I think longer than that. It was the first few years that we were, couple years we were here, and then it, I think it's almost four years now. Well, and then there. also, uh, on a little side gossiping note with it, um, some of our friends who have a pig farm, they were part of it, and they were brought in um, not to have a stand because they don't 
I don't. They don't. I don't think they sell their cured meats that way. Weren't they being Whatever. brought into? They were, they were the brought Kamune in, hired them to roast a few pigs. Exactly. Thank you. And, and, and I don't know what the Kamune. They, they hired these two, Carl and Gija, the people from the pig farm, to roast some pigs. And of course, in Italy, you don't get paid as soon. Okay, so I'm used to. I do a service at the end of the the festival. You pay me. Not here in Italy. I do a service and I get to wait to get paid. It's like this for a lot of things. Yeah, I, like you it submit could be a form. Weeks, it could be months. It's the you have to wait for the people the the people who put on the festival to get the money from the country <sighs> to get the money from the region to pay for everyone and so the long trickle story effect. Short four years have gone by. They have not gotten paid. no. So they're not very happy about it. But um, we'll be curious to see. And I'm glad that they brought it back. I was uh, I kept thinking move it to a different town then because. I don't understand. At least it was a cool thing out here. So we'll be back next weekend. We'll go and check it out. But like most things in Italy, execution and organization is not their strong suit. Ah, yes. All right. Very good. Wrap it. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Ash, wrap it up. Okay. It's back to the (laughs) quick podcast because it's time to mow the lawn and do all that outside stuff today. So... Thank you so much for listening. Share it with a friend. Send us your questions. Um, We'll go over some more questions on the next podcast. Um, This week, we're not doing a song of the week. Let us know if you guys liked that. Um, It takes a lot of time to go and look through all of the music. So if it's something you guys are enjoying, let me know and we'll we'll bring it back and keep it going. Um, You can find us on our blog, latavlamarque.blogspot.com or book a holiday through our website, latavlamarque.com. You can shoot me an email at Info at latavlamarque.com. You can find us on Vimeo and YouTube, latavlamarque, Facebook and Twitter, latavlamarque, and Instagram at Ashley Bartner. And how do you spell latavlamarque? You guys know L A T A V O L A M A R C H E. Grazie mille. Buona giornata. Have a great day. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.